Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette, and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. Hey Amarillo is brought to you by ROI Online. ROI Online offers content marketing, email marketing, social media marketing, web and mobile design, and more for businesses of all sizes. As your business development partner and marketing agency, they help you tell your story. Learn more at ROIOnline.com. Today's guest is Stephanie Tucker. Stephanie is the owner and general manager of the Amarillo Venom. They're the local professional indoor football team that plays at the Amarillo Civic Center. Stephanie and her family started out as casual fans of the team. They used to drive in and, and go to the games. And they liked it so much, they decided to become owners of the franchise in 2011. A few years later, Stephanie was instrumental in starting the Champions Indoor Football League, the CIF, which the Venom play in. And Stephanie has just announced plans to try something completely new in Amarillo by forming the U.S. Arena Soccer League with a local team that'll be called FC Amarillo. So I sat down with Stephanie at the Venom offices to talk about everything she's involved with, from the Venom to the new soccer league, uh, and, and to tell her story about how she ended up the kingpin of professional sports in Amarillo in the first place. Here's Stephanie Tucker. Stephanie Tucker, thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Absolutely. This is a fun little thing. I love that it's local. I love that it's it's somebody that you get to sit down and talk to. Well, I appreciate that you have listened to it. Yes. That's, that's good to know. So I definitely want to talk sports. Okay. But before we do that, um, I want to find out how you ended up here in Amarillo in the first place. So what's your story? So I grew up in a small little town um, outside of Amarillo called Groom. A lot of people probably would know it because of the cross and groom. Um, born and raised there. Parents, some of my family still live there. Um, farm and ranch. Um, my dad's going to be embarrassed when I say this, but I got kicked off the family farm when I plowed up some fence. And he's like, Stephanie, you're not going to marry a farmer, nor do I want you to marry a farmer. So we'll figure something out for you. And that was at the age of 16. And then the lady that actually worked as the office manager for the Amarillo Dillas when the Dillas were Really, that was just the fun thing to do. Right. Called and said, hey, Stephanie, would you like to help me take ticket orders, help file stuff? I mean, and I was like, sure. Well, mom and dad said, of course, if you can make enough money, just pay for your gas back and forth. I think that'd be great. And um, so you were still living in Groom Yes. At the time. So I was still in high school. I was still a 16. So we did it. I actually worked on an opportunity to just kind of like, I don't sit still. And you'll see that as we're sitting here, I, I'm not a calm person. And I asked asked, hey, can we do a kid's zone? Can we do this? Can we do that? Can I help at the games? Um, and I kind of worked in, I guess, myself into a position that and worked somebody else out of it, actually. Um, did that for two years and then went out to North Carolina with that lady um, to work with the Durham Dragons, which was a professional softball team. Our mission was to get them ready to compete for the Olympics and stuff okay. like that. So it was just not great. You got to play in the old Bull Durham Stadium. That was fun. Did that for two years, all while I was going to tech um, during that time. Um, married um, my husband. He was actually, he's a few years older than me, but I met his sister at a church retreat. And I guess he was a coach. Didn't I said myself, I'm not going to marry a coach. I, no, no, no. I was going to live in Dallas the rest of my life, you know, maybe get, work for the Rangers. You know, Yankees was my kind of goal. And then here I was. We moved, We lived in Dallas for a year and then decided to come back to the area. 
So um, where he was a football coach in my hometown and where you're always 17 in your hometown, that's the truth. I was teaching at the time, wow. um, teaching some of my friends' kids, some of the people that, yeah, that was that was a great experience to not to know that I'm not going to be a teacher ever again, you know. Uh, and so we just kind of made the rounds of the Texas Panhandle. I drew a dot and, a you know, had a circle around groom and said, hey, I don't want to leave you know, my parents help us, whether it was with the grandkids or just with my parents involved in our um, our lives. So we were actually living in Claude at the time. We came up to an Amarillo Venom game, and I had my kids in tow. We had an off weekend, so, you know, the kids were ready to leave in the first quarter. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I could have had a steak dinner. You are going to sit here and you're going to enjoy this all knowing in the brain, you know, looked at Toby and I said, oh man, I wish I could take this and flip it. And I know what we could do. And I know why, you know, and I guess the, the big man upstairs thought that we could do it because I mean, we were just, we're not, yeah, too average, you know, couple that wants to have a sports teams. We're You're not, not like a millionaire owner. No, somebody walking no, in and saying, I'm, I'm going to buy working. this product. Yes. And so that was kind of the part with that. A lot of people, we just did not know, and that was probably the scariest part of it all, is that I had to make it work. First of all, being just a woman in the sports world, you know, people are like, ah, ha, ha, you're not going to do it. And then especially with football, that was crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and no one in this area has ever been, you know, um, a woman plus with a sports team. So that's kind of how that part started. And then, you know, we kept on going and blowing and have big dreams to feel and and now our kids are helping us run the team. That's probably the part that I love the most. Were was sports a big part of your life when you were Absolutely. growing up? Absolutely. I mean, so what what did you do? Did you play? So you had to when you had. Uh, I guess there was four girls in my class, total of five. So yes, you had to play every sport. You that's, were that's you, the whole team. Yeah, you were the varsity cheerleaders. You know, you were. Um, co-editor of the yearbook. I mean, you had to be involved in everything. And I think that's what kind of made me able to be diverse, plus able to know that I can do it. And that's the one thing that I always thank my parents is like, you can do anything. Um, well, except farming. Except for farming. Absolutely. And I still joke about it. And no, that's not going to ever happen again. I, I like talking to people who grew up <clears throat> outside of Amarillo, you know, in one of the smaller towns in the Panhandle, because I think they have a unique perspective on what Amarillo is. Because if you grow up here, it's just where you live. If you Absolutely. grow up outside of here, it's like where you go, you know, Absolutely. on the weekends or once a month. Or So tell me what your perspective was of, like, the big city, you know, growing up oh, an yes. hour outside of it. So, like, when we made the playoffs to go for basketball and we got to play up here in one of the big, you know, like whether it's Emerald High or Caprock, one of the big um, gyms, that was, like, the big to-do. I mean, that was awesome feeling. Um, now my daughter got to do her PE program in the, the gym that I always thought, this is so cool, we got to be as high school seniors playing in. Um, and then your same thing. You came up here shopping. You came up here. It was more like a treat to come to Amarillo. You, it was more to get the necessities and do the things in hometown. But then if you needed to go shopping or if you needed to have a, you know, a night out with the family, we would come up here and do little things like that. So it sounds like you, you sort of got into sports 
as a business, you know, as a high schooler, you yes. know, just kind of, was that an accidental it thing was. or was that something that you had a thought and just sort of no. pursued it? I, to be honest with you, I knew I always wanted to be in the business area. I always joked with my um, high school business teacher, hey, I want to be an accountant. And she was like, oh, no, you will kill somebody. You, you'll kill your clients because you can't sit still. You don't need to just you need to be involved with people. And that was probably the one of the things that I appreciate with her the most is just telling me, hey, Stephanie, you need to be more involved with people. And then just having the opportunity to do something, whether it was the sports I love, working with people I love, and then the business aspect of it too. And then you're getting to meet business part, you know, businesses in this area. So that's how I just started it at the age of 16, going, okay, this is what I would love to do. Um, but again, how it has always been is that the man in the family has the job and you follow it and you're supportive. And I was always that way. I was the, the wife with three kids in tow, the double stroller at the football games all bundled up. Um, and then when Toby got into the administration, still kept on supporting him. But when I had this opportunity to do it, you know, it was, he was the, my backbone to go, go for it and do it. You can do this. So, so I, I do want to talk about that a little bit. Um, I, I think there are a lot of probably misconceptions, not just about being a woman in the sports world mm-hmm. in an owner's ownership mm-hmm. position, but just about the business of sports. Like maybe people know Jerry Jones mm-hmm. or, you know, they know some of the owners like Mark Cuban, but our experience of a sporting event is the team and it's what's happening out on the field, what's happening on the court. Tell me about what you do behind the scenes as the owner and GM that like nobody ever sees. So I guess how you would say it is be a little of everything. A lot of people ask me, what do you do? And I will, if it's anywhere, I don't do a lot of player personnel. I love on the players. I am more of their kind of, not, I wouldn't say mother figure, but hey, kind of like, hey, you can do this. I'm supporting you. Coach Reese and I have a great partnership in this going, I'm going to support you. I'm not telling you how to coach unless you're losing. Um, you know, if you're doing something like that, but yes, I'm kind of that part. It's more like going out, meeting new potential sponsors. A lot of people don't know that, but I seriously get in front of my players the first day of training camp and go, do you understand that I am considered the owner, but it's our community that owns this team. The sponsors, the fans, if they, if we did not have them, Toby and Stephanie Tucker would not be able to write a check to fund this. So, and I think that's why the players take ownership in that. They understand that the fans are there and the fans here in this area love on those players. Um, I think that's a lot of people go, why and how can you get involved, so involved with your players? That's the truth. If you don't have the players and you don't have that love for them and the respect for them, you're never going to get the 110% out of it. But, I mean, yeah, for anywhere from tickets to planning to, you know, a a gentleman and I from a team, I guess a Northern League and myself got together and we created the actual football league that we're in. We actually did it in a little – um, restaurant here in BL Bistro in town. We sat there, we came up, we came up with the agreement how we were going to go to all of our playing partners and said, hey. So it's anything from the league um, to the day-to-day basis to on game day, you'll see me printing tickets. You'll see me running around going, oh my gosh, we forgot this. 
But yes, and I don't watch the games. That's another thing. Really? That's probably the um, the only time that I get to watch the games is away games. And I'll sit and watch and I'll scream and yell. I'm their biggest fan. But at game day, it's either I'm dealing or talking to fans. But yes, I put the put the plan together. We have people that are our game day staff, whether it's Toby, the, which is my husband, that's on, just kind of orchestrates it all together. Um, if we want our marriage to last, we've noticed that on game day, Ste- Stephanie stays in the concourse and we we work it that way. But yeah, so a little to anything from tickets to answering the phone to planning press conferences. It's a little of everything, how we do that. Um, I think our biggest aspect that we can give to I guess you would say even the interns that come in to work for us is you're going to see every part of this the the business and I actually have two have the youngest GM um, that works for the league is an intern from us okay um, so, so that here. was kind of yeah. cool and then we have another one in Wichita that called me and said, Stephanie, can you just help me? You know, we're just, we're a little this way and that way. Can you direct me? How did you do this? And so you, you just, that was kind of the nice part going, you just try to be organized as best you can. Tell me about the players, you know, who come in and some are from this area, a lot are not from this area. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of transition, you know, mm-hmm. in, in terms of who's on the team at one point, what happens from season to season. What role do you play? You know, you, you mentioned sort of being a, a mom mm-hmm. for them, but what's it like, you know, being a professional athlete, not at, in the big time, the yeah. big lights of, yeah. you know, the NFL or something like that, but playing in a place like this, how, how do the players deal with that? And, and what do you try to tell them? I think, to be honest with you, when we first introduced them, we actually break out and break, you know, break up practicing in family. So we know that everybody has it their back. They have the opportunity to get involved with our fan base. It's very supportive. The, the community is very supportive, and they know that the ownership and the coaches are very supportive. Um, I think one of the things that we're very lucky to have is a great group of veterans that know the how we are. Um, I think that's what brings and draws other players to Amarillo. Because, I mean, yeah, you could be living in Dallas, Albuquerque, all these other places, and then keep on asking me, how are you getting these players to come to Amarillo? And I'm like, it's the people, and it's how we treat these players. So um, I think that's the main aspect of bringing in. Yeah, because you'll have your, you know, some of the players that will come from California. And Mm -hmm. I'm going, how's How's the Texas? And he's like, I got to see the sunrise. I don't get to see the beach. But he says, Miss Stephanie, these people are so nice. We feel like we're, you know, we're the movie stars that are coming into town. And they understand that when they represent the team, they're representing the community. So that's a big aspect for what we do, too. Let's talk about the role that professional sports plays in Amarillo, um, because it's often mentioned as a quality of life thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's whether it's discussions about a ballpark downtown to the events that are happening now with the Absolutely. existing teams to, uh, you know, stuff in the future. Sporting events are a way to bring the community together. So tell me about the role that, uh, you know, that the Venom is having now and then how you're going to continue to do that as Amarillo grows and with some of the things that are that are so, happening. So, I mean, it can, you're exactly right. We advertise it as a family-friendly sport, you know, event, and it's entertaining. Coach Reese and the players are – their job is to win on the field. 
our organization, our job is to entertain the people. Let them have four hours of pure fun where they're not, your kid is not playing on their cell phone because they're so engaged to the game. I think one of the best compliments we've ever gotten is that I had a gentleman probably around 45 years old, came in from Hereford, um, was just hightailing it to me after the game. And I was like, okay how I can handle this, you know, what's he going to be able, he just said, I want to thank you, Stephanie. I want to thank you for giving me an opportunity to bring my son and my father to an event. And we had the time of our lives. I appreciate that. So I think definitely when you have an, whether it's going to a park, like you said, but I think sporting, I think sport overall, whether it's in your t-ball to your high school sports, to your college sports, I think you can learn so much from those people. I think you can, like you said, whether you're playing, you feel like you're the ninth man in the stands um, when you're a Venom fan. Because I'm telling you, they won some of our championships. That is, it, it is the fans up in the stands. So I absolutely believe in sports more than anything, being a part of a team. Um, and then again, I guess the community is just the bigger team. I truly believe in sports and what it does for a community and the morale. I mean, just see what some of those uh, the teams, whether you're playing baseball or NFL, what that does. I mean, that just brings a lot, whether it's financially mm-hmm. contributing to the, um, the economy or if it's just sometimes it's just the spirit. And right now, I mean, like you said, everybody knows that I was born on a farm and ranch. The rain. I mean, so if we can bring positive things into town, um, and that was one of the things that we did when there was a fire in Fritch and there was the wildfires in, um, I guess, the northern areas, we had a, a fire relief game where all right. the money went to them. So, yes, I think sports is a very big attribute of community. I, I want to talk about some of the ways that that you continue changing and growing, you know, as a person in business. And so just as an outside observer, you know, I've, I've seen you take on things like, you know, the semi-pro baseball team, or mm-hmm. I've seen you forming leagues, like you mentioned, with mm-hmm. other owners, mm-hmm. that, that there's a lot of fluctuation. There's a lot of hustle mm-hmm. because it's a small market, mm-hmm. you know, sport. It's, it's not the big leagues. You don't see yeah. major league baseball, you know, yes. changing things all the time yes. like that. So tell me about that process and why that's necessary to to continue to create new things, you know, for the teams. I think, to be honest with you, when we created the CIF, it was for stability, for whether there was the good teams. I mean, it is a hard business. People do not realize that is it, it is all-encompassing. It is all – I mean, there's some days and nights that you pull all-nighters just to make it work, or are you just worrying that this is going to be able to bring a team the next year? And that's just not here in Amarillo where we have success. That's just getting other markets, whether they're starting up. Because, um, like, being in a league, it doesn't yes. just matter that you're successful in no. Amarillo. You know, you've everybody no. else has to be successful, yes, and too. so that's where you have to do. You know, you always hear that cliche going, how you're only as strong as your weakest link, and that is totally for sure. If you know that there is a team that is struggling that's not going to make it through it, but you have their home game, they're coming to you the next, right. then you can't guarantee that you're going to have that home game. So you try to be very supportive of a league, and we have grown and done some great things with that. A lot of people may know that we're bringing soccer into town. That's been a dream of mine for at least five years. A lot of people go, well, soccer. And I'm like, well, why this not? Is, this is a soccer town. Yes. I mean, every kid, you know, that's that's the first sport for My kids started. And it's funny that you say that. Even when we were with football, when we had the baseball, 
always talk to the players going, what was your first sport that you played? They're like, soccer. And I was like, really? They're like, Stephanie, and don't let your kids or those coaches, let them be a one, you know, one sport kid. Let them be very variety. Let them try it out. See if they like it. And I laughed about that because I was like, oh, y'all have been doing this. They're like, no, we played soccer or we played basketball or we played volleyball. They did whatever they needed to do to to have fun and to keep it fresh. So I think with the, the soccer, I think it's it's a very, it's a multicultural um, thing too. That's what's going to be exciting. You're going to have people that um, everybody knows that Amarillo is very, very diverse in the population. So I think it'll be a fun way to encourage those little kids like my nephew that is four that's playing soccer to the 64-year-old man that's playing on Saturday in the men's league. I think it'll be Yeah, a- so let's let's talk about it for listeners that don't know. Um, within the last month or so, you've announced yeah. that you're part of forming an arena soccer league. Yes. That's what you're calling it. Yes. There will be an Amarillo team mm-hmm. um, and there are some exhibition games coming up. So tell me what the league is. Tell me what the sport is. Describe that. So how would you, I mean, it's just really, like you said, it is football. Um, and if, I'm sorry, it's soccer in a football field. Um, that's how we we're explaining it to our um, CIF members that are already have the football teams. But really it is, we're starting it from scratch. We are kind of coming up with ways that we can implement, keep the game very exciting. Soccer is one of those a lot of people that don't know soccer, that aren't lovers of it, um, this is going to be a whole different part of it. I mean, the excitement. So it's not the same as no, like one to nothing games no, that you've seen in the World no, Cup. No, we better have that. Yes, no, we better have 10. We talked about it, 10 to, I mean, it's the same thing with our Venom. When we score 100 points, we're doing good. That's what we went high intensity, lots of scoring players still. It's so that ball is coming so fast and so hard. I mean, there's only six players out there. So everybody is constantly. They're moving. surrounded by walls. Yes. The ball will bounce off. I, I should probably say I probably sound more excited about this than anything else because I grew up playing soccer and mm-hmm. basketball and stuff like that. In my 20s, they opened the the indoor soccer facility. Okay. And so I joined indoor soccer leagues, by far the most fun sport I've ever played. And I'm not that great of an athlete, but I started playing indoor soccer. I was like, this is the most amazing game ever. Yeah. Because, yeah, the score is 10 to 12. Mm-hmm. You're getting knocked around like you're on a hockey. Yes, you know, and no pads. And no, no pads. Pa- it's, no it's like violent. There's all yes. kinds of stuff happening. And that was as a player. Um, so I, I love the idea of bringing something like that to Amarillo. And I think people that are not interested in soccer there are people who are super passionate about it and mm-hmm. people who just think it's super mm-hmm. boring mm-hmm. this one will not be it the super boring like version that. no and you're still gonna get to see the classic part of the we want to keep the integrity of soccer and what is it you know what it stands for worldwide and why it is the number you know worldwide number one sport but i think we're gonna add a little whether it's the lights the cameras the actions but it's also those players are going to get to use the wall. There's no out of bounds. There's no this. There's no that. There's no, uh, we got to have a secret practice at the Civic Center. And even my husband was like, okay, this is, I mean, I'm getting chills yeah, talking about yeah. it right now because it's just something different, totally different. And like you said, they're scoring. They're very, very um, athletic gentlemen that are going to be out there on the field. So tell us what we can expect in terms of that first season. I know there are some exhibition games coming up, but like, when will it start for real? 
So we are planning on starting at the, I guess it would be the spring of 2019. Okay. So we have teams that are in the Midwest, kind of basing it on the same as a CIF league, just keeping it a travel league where we're not. Um, I think that's where a lot of people and a lot of leagues have failed before, is that when you have an expense that you can't recap. So if we're going to Albuquerque or if we're going to Dallas or Oklahoma City or even some, you know, Midland, some of those teams will be able to be very successful. When you start a new league like <laughs> this, how does that work? I mean, how do oh. you go about saying, okay, we yeah. need some professional soccer players to yeah. do this new thing? Yeah. I mean, it's not like you, there, mm-hmm. there's a built-in recruiting process right. where you can do that. So how do you do it? So we have been very lucky because, I mean, you even talked about it. There is an indoor, I guess, a league Um, and leagues here so there's a lot of people that are very successful that have played maybe the I would say the real game um the soccer outdoor soccer you know whether it's for WT I mean we're bringing um a couple guys that have played for WT very successful um organization out there too so I think we're going to have a natural feed for Amarillo and then we're just going to feed all that we're going to have tryouts, you know, throughout the year to bring in um, players from all over the, I guess you would say all over the world, whether they've made U.S. their, nat- you know, their home or however that kind of works. But I think that's going to be the the fun part to see how this blows up. A lot of people and a lot of the other teams or the towns that we've talked to already have kind of like we do have an whether it's an outdoor base and an indoor base that they can at least get some of their players for and then bring in some ringers too. When you're bringing in players, um, whether it's for the Venom, whether it's for soccer, and you talk to them about Amarillo, I would think a lot of them probably haven't heard of Amarillo unless they've you know somehow mm-hmm. been associated with some of the teams or something like that. What do you tell them about the city? I mean, when, when you're talking to them and trying to describe what it's going to be like here, we actually have kind of like a recruiting video that we send them the, of the crowds, maybe a past player that we even have them call and say, hey, would you come back and ste- you know play for Amarillo? Would you play for Coach Reese? Would you play for Stephanie? And they're absolutely. So I think it's the people that we keep on saying, yes, we understand you don't have the beaches or you never know our first day of practice and you might be wearing snow boots and the next day he'll be wearing, you know, shorts. But I think that's kind of the part that they love. They also know that tradition is here and you have to win in Amarillo for them to support you. And we expect whether it's the soccer or whether it's the venom or whether it's a high school sport, I really believe that we get behind winners or at least the ones that are trying to make a, you know, an impression on what that sport is trying to do for the area. And then as, as a member of the local business community, you, I would consider you an entrepreneur, um, you know, although a crazy lady, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can call it what you want, but Uh is, is this a place where you have the freedom to experiment, whether it's, you know, starting a new business, starting a new sports league, is, is that support within the community something that you hope is going to happen or do you always have a feeling that you're going to be rallied around and, and it's going to happen? I think it very the very first we were a little scared um, going, how are they going to take? Because really, Toby and I are not an outsider, but we were kind of. We weren't born and raised. We didn't go to any of the high schools here nor the, the colleges here. Uh, we keep on saying that we're local because I grew up 
40 miles outside of Amarillo. But you may not have had the yeah. connections within right. the city. That so the connections are what you know, we're feeding on. But I think um, over the last seven years, we've earned those re- respect. I think that's part of it. If people respect and know that you're going to run your business in a fair um, upstanding, you're always going to do what's trying to right. Your your morals are where they need to be. That's what they can get behind you. Um, I think that's where some of the, how would you say, semi-pro teams struggle in other markets because they have either had an ownership group that has not had those standards, left some people high and dry. Um, I always tell somebody, I'm like, I'm going to have my kids eat Roman noodles or we'll live in a car before I will leave some, you know, our integrity is, is worth more than anything in the world. So, I mean, that's why we have to, we have to strive to make sure. And I think that's why we have to work day in and day out. And that's why our kids do whatever they need to do. And um, we have, whether it's our friends and family that support us as much as we can on and off the field. And that's kind of half the, you know, half the battle. A lot of people ask, what do you do in the off season? Do you sit at home and eat bonbons? And I'm like, oh, you're so funny. No, that's the time that you're actually planning. If I don't have, you know, whether it's the money raised or the plan in place by February or January, it's going to be an unsuccessful season. Either that or you're starting a brand new league. Yeah. And yeah, let's start that in the middle of all of this. Here we go. But I mean, I think that's what keeps it fresh. I think that's what's also going to help, whether it's our sponsors and our fans and just a different, maybe there's some soccer fans that try the Venom and Venom try the soccer. And it's just an opportunity to to just enjoy camaraderie, um, enjoying your community, enjoying just having fun. And there's a lot of negativity in the world and why. Just let us have a couple couple hours of your day and put a little spark in it. Content marketing, email marketing, social media marketing, branding, web and mobile design. If, if you have a small business or a large business, you have probably heard these terms. You hear them all the time in the context of things you probably need to be doing. But if you're like most business owners, you don't have the time or the manpower or the expertise to focus on this stuff. I've got a background in the marketing industry and rest assured, they're correct. Marketing is crucial in today's business climate, but it can be overwhelming if you don't know much about it. That's why you should join forces with ROI Online. ROI believes your marketing should make you money. Their team of experts will partner with you to shape your company's marketing and your culture, but they're more than just a marketing agency. You can think of them as your business development partner. They'll help tell your story so you can connect with customers and get ahead of your competition. So become a partner, create a plan, and grow your business. To learn more about how ROI Online can position your business for the future, visit ROIOnline.com or follow them on Instagram or Facebook. ROI Online, leading the modern marketing movement. Okay, I'm back with Stephanie Tucker, GM and owner of The Venom, uh, and multiple sports leagues probably to come. Just just wait for that. So this, Stephanie, this is the part of the show I call Eight Straight. I'm going to ask you eight straight questions. Your job is to answer those in whatever degree of detail uh, you would like to get into. Okay. So the first one, personally, what is your favorite sport to watch? College football. The reason I like it is, well, anything pretty much college, but college football is probably my favorite because they're, again, doing it without a multi-year, million-dollar deal. Um, They're still loving it. I think I also love 
that the student body is usually involved. There's the band. There's just the the environment that college football brings to a community. Do you have I a like. team that you follow or that you root for? Um, Texas Tech is what I've been. Um, I'll be honest with you, Cliff Kingsbury was my recruit when I was out in Lubbock. He was one of my – so, yeah, I some days I'm really proud of – you know, proud of that recruit. And then other days I pray for him to, you know, to keep on, um, go Raiders. <laughs> Do you, have you had a lot of tech players come to the, you know, day? honestly, we have not, we've had a few, but not a great deal. Some of them will try a lot of those guys, you know, they go on and they have a degree. So they want to do different things like that. Um, but sometimes we get them to at least come during the, I guess their summer between, um, college and their real job. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your favorite sport to play if you grew up playing sports? So I was a track, whether I look at now um, or not, but I was a trackster. Our, our actually um, sophomore and junior year, we were in the state track meet the junior year. Sophomore year, we should have, but the uh, person that was the starter of the relay, sprint relay, jumped the gun. And that just happens to be the person you're talking to. Ooh, <laughs> so, so, so yeah, that turned you yes. uh, off of the track. For no, me. you know, you just you you just realize that um, as a team, you realize, oh my gosh, we had an opportunity. We had an opportunity to do really well that year. Yeah, it just makes you look back and always have maybe a little sympathy um, for some of your players that might have dropped the touchdown pass that would have won the game and the well, championship it's just a split second yeah thing yeah. that happened yes so i think you know god has a plan always but that was but then the next year we still got to go back and and have a little redemption so you were a sprinter mm-hmm. were you fast i i guess i was little um little fast legs i think it was my legs were just so uh, you know muscular that's the only reason that i was fast what's your all-time favorite amarillo restaurant and that's a hard, hard decision. There's a lot of them out there. I know, uh, and, and you depend on a lot of those restaurants yeah, as so sponsors. Yeah, so I'll of- be honest with you. I think it's everybody. I, I love the locals. There's a, local, a lot of local chains. Plus, I just think that it's a – to run a restaurant, I just have the most, most – a sympathy for them because they always say if you're in a restaurant you're in there 24 hours a day seven days a week all the rest of your life and so I kind of have that that bond with them going I know you're feeling I really do there's not a day off nor a minute off I really to be honest with you I think everybody's I eat out a lot I don't cook you can ask the players um, every Monday night we actually have you know team dinner at our house and they'll all say Miss Stephanie what are you cooking and they'll look at me please don't cook so yeah so we get to you visit a lot of the restaurants. Okay, so I, I probably won't get you to answer a specific restaurant. No, is, I'm is there not. a certain uh, type of food? Oh, I love Italian, like? but I don't eat carbs. So you know that's kind of a hard so thing. What, what do you eat? <laughs> Marinara sauce. Yeah, yeah. You're just yeah. So yeah, the crust free pizza. No, mm. uh, yeah. So really anything or Mexican or I'm a German. So. You know, if you have your sausage and sauerkraut, there's nothing that I don't eat, is guess what you're saying. What does this area have too much of? Hmm. That's, that is too much wind. As of right now, maybe wind. Other than that, I think there's a lot of, one of the things I also think is sometimes the youth sports. I think that's a great thing. It's a, can be, but can be a hinder on some people too. I know that um, sometimes the kids are so involved, they don't get time to play and, I know that that was a little bit um, 
of how I've even felt with my kids. I'm like, oh, t- you know, here tonight we have three double headers. Holy cow, plus this. Mm-hmm. But um, I think being a part of a team is important too. So I'm just going to go with the wind. There's too okay. much wind. In That's this. a really safe answer. But yeah, I, there you go. <laughs> what does this area not have enough of? Oh, gosh. That, that is the hard question, too. It's like when you say if you have too much of anything, it's always a burden. But I think you would say construction right now. But that means that it's growing and doing something good and taking care of it. You always have to have growth. Sometimes they're growing pains. You mentioned restaurants. Maybe I can get you to answer this question. When was the last time you ate at the Big Texan? So we had, to be honest with you, I think it was when we had the international team come in last year. Bobby Lee and all of them out there hosted them to come out and challenge to do the 72-ounce steak. Um, so that was that was a great experience for those guys, as well as my guys. Some of them have never been out to Big Texas. Yeah, I was going to say, when, when you have either new players or teams like that international team that come in, what, what do they think? I mean, is, is that fulfilling their expectations yes. of what Texas is supposed yes, to be? Yes, because they see the big Texas and they see the boots, they see the cowboy hats, they see the rattlesnake in there, and then they get to heat, see that 72-ounce steak that they probably all have seen somewhere, whether it's a billboard driving from here to there. But, yes, it was always very fun for them to see it and taking pictures with all of the – or tasting any of the beers. And, yeah, they, they loved the experience out there. Okay, so following up on that, when was the last time you wore cowboy boots? So I would say it was groom day when I was telling you it was my hometown. Um, There's a little ranch rodeo that you always go to, so cowboy boots are a must, I guess you would say. So it was at a recent Mm -hmm. event? Yeah, so that was last, I guess it was August. Okay. So yeah. I want to know when you're, you're talking to other owners, you're talking to potential players, what question do they ask you most often about Amarillo? You know, if they've heard of it or mm-hmm. not. I mean, what question do you get asked? They actually ask, how how are you getting the players that you're getting? What? How are you getting the quality? How are you getting this? Um, and I keep on telling them, guys, it is the people and how we treat the players. It's maybe not the, like you said, it's maybe not the, the wind or the rain or the weather, but they just keep coming out to the the people. The people are amazing. They're the most giving people. Sometimes I even think it's almost too much. You're just like, wow. You know, you see this one. Yeah, it's very giving. And that's a nice way to be able to represent your your community. So that's our eight straight questions. I like to close, Stephanie, by just asking my guest to endorse something related to Amarillo. Um, obviously, this this entire podcast has probably been an endorsement of yeah. sports and the stuff that you're involved with. But is, is there something else that you would want listeners to know about? I think the one thing that we um, have in Amarillo that we don't just really spotlight on it is the little you you hear about your um, the Cadillac Ranch, you hear about um, Paladero Canyon, you hear about the Texas, but I think it's the uh, the little local attractions, kind of like your your Wonderland. Um, your discovery center, the things that we maybe that live here go and take advantage of. But I think to be honest with you, even growing up in groom and going home periodically, as I think we overlook the little, the cross that's in groom. I do at least. I mean, it's a national, you know, it's national, it's worldwide recognized, but I don't think we as here locally take the time to go out there and just really see how amazing that is. Stephanie Tucker, thank you so much. No, for thank being you. It's been fun. Very fun. Thank you. 
And that concludes another episode of Hey Amarillo. I want to say thanks to Stephanie Tucker for being my guest uh, for this episode. If you want to learn more about The Venom, follow at Amarillo Venom on Twitter. Look them up on Facebook. Their season is ongoing. They've got games through June or into early June. Um, You can get tickets for uh, those games at GoVenom.com. If you're interested in the soccer league, two exhibition games are coming up against FC Lubbock. The first is on April 29th, and then there's another one on June 3rd at the Civic Center. Tickets for those are available now at PanhandleTickets.com. I want to say thanks again to ROI Online for sponsoring the podcast week in and week out. Um, And thank you to you for listening. If you want to learn more, go to HeyAmarillo.com. You can catch up on past episodes. Subscribe to the podcast at uh, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, anywhere else you listen. Follow us on Facebook. Leave a review anywhere you listen. Tell a friend about the show. Thanks. My name is Jason Boyette. I'll see you next week.